Are you from Grinnell? No. No, okay. Where are you from? I grew up in Mankato, Minnesota, which is a town of about 30,000 30, people south and west of Minneapolis, about an hour and a half. Okay, well, so, how, so talk me through like the story of how you got here. How we got here? Well, my husband is a pastor, and we had had several calls. We, we, started, we had our first call in South Dakota, where he was a pastor for six years. And then he got a call to go to Southern Missouri, so we went to a church in Southern Missouri for two years. It was a little too far south for us. And so uh, he got the call then to come to Emmanuel Lutheran Church at Grinnell. And you know, we, the congregation sent us information about the town and the fact that it had a college was a draw for me because I, I don't ever want to live in a town that doesn't have a college. So when we looked at other things, you know, the church and the community, he accepted the call and that's how we came here. Awesome, yeah. okay, so, um, so you're primarily a teacher for a really long time. Um, how did you get into like your position? And well, I actually graduated from college with a degree in theater and uh, English. So if somebody had told me I was going to be a fifth grade teacher, I'm not sure I would have believed them. But anyway, when I came here, I, uh, I started to sub when our youngest was in kindergarten. And there was a, I, I subbed out to middle school quite a bit, and then one of the teachers was going to be gone for a year to work on his master's. So I filled in teaching social studies and math at the fifth grade level, and then he never came back. So I just kind of, I kind of stayed, and then for whatever reason, my degree, when I got it, somehow allowed me to be able to teach at a fifth grade level because there was not a middle school endorsement at the time. And so it just somehow it worked. And did, yeah. did you have to, uh, did you have to like uh, get a different, like, did you have to get more degrees or anything like later on, or did you were you able to just kind of stick with the position? Well, it, I mean, I was fine for a long time, even though I knew, I knew that my certificate was not right for the job, and yet it just kind of, you know, for whatever reason. And then, like eight years ago, uh, the fifth grade team was going to lose one person on the team because of, you know, the size of the class coming in. And so I remember it was at the end of the school day. And uh, the principal, uh, Pam Mule, came in and sat down next to me and said, you know, we're going to be losing a fifth grade teacher, and uh, unfortunately that's you. And I said, but I've, I've been here so much longer than everybody else. But, she's, but then she said, yeah, but you have a conditional certificate, because I was working on a middle school endorsement at the time. And because my certificate was conditional and not the one that they needed, I was the one that was going to be bumped. Even though technically I taught seventh grade social studies and eighth grade social studies, I should have been able to bump those people, but they didn't. They weren't aware of that. So um, what happened was then that um, they got me into a couple classes that were already starting. So I kind of came in in the middle of the semester and finished the endorsement by the time that the school board needed the certificate. So it was kind of a it was heart wrenching for me and for the students because they thought I'd be leaving. And uh, luckily, it worked out that I that I didn't have to. Are you are you still teaching? No, I retired three years ago. Okay, so. that's what I was thinking. Yeah. I was like, I was like, yeah. So, um, so how many years did you teach? Uh, counting the year that I subbed for the whole year, 
Um, and then the year after I retired, I went back and taught a world cultures class, like two-thirds time. So counting that, it was 25 years. Okay. So, so when, you, when you first started teaching, like, fifth grade, mm -hmm. what was your thoughts? Were you thinking, like, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life? Or you're like, oh, there's no way I'm going to stick around with this? No, I really, right from the very beginning, I really liked it. And then over time, I became more of a, a social studies teacher and went to different seminars around the country and ended up traveling to every single place I taught about. So a lot of the Civil War sites, the Revolutionary sites, Plymouth Plantation, Lewis and Clark, you know, the indigenous, you know, where the different tribes live. So every single place I, I traveled to. And so it became kind of a focus for me and I think really aided my teaching and getting kids interested in history. And, and eventually found out it was what I was meant to do. I believe. So what was your favorite um, favorite social studies thing to teach? Well, over the years it changed. When I, when I first started, uh, I had done some storytelling in the past. Tom Sawyer, Laurie was wild, and that kind of thing. And then uh, somebody in fifth grade said, you know, if, if you would like to do some more of this, we would like you to. And they said, is there a subject you've been interested in? And I go, well, I've always kind of been interested in the Civil War. So I just read, a, I just set out to read everything I could read about the Civil War. I, uh, I went down to Shiloh, Tennessee on a whim and went to a reenactment there, a Confederate reenactment, and I ended up buying a Confederate uniform and put together a story called uh, Johnny Reb, a story of a Confederate soldier who lied about his age getting into the war. And then I ended up taking that around to different schools and communities for a long time. And then it kind of, you know, I kind of got spent with the Civil War and then got interested in the Revolution. And so did some seminars, a three-week seminar in Virginia I got chosen to do and went to a lot of the Revolutionary War sites with that. It's kind of changed over the years. That's awesome. Yeah. So um, let's talk about, um, you also, like, you also, like, uh, did, like, yeah, you had a theater degree, which I did not know that. Yeah. <laughs> but you, uh... You taught, uh, or not really taught, but you directed uh, the middle school plays and stuff. How, how did you get into that? How long did that go for? Well, that started when uh, Frank Schultz had been the director there for years and years. You know, just amazing, great experiences for the kids. But he had done it for a long time, so when I got hired at the middle school and he found out I had a theater background, then he asked if I'd be interested in doing it. And Mrs. Griggs, as you know, was a music instructor at the middle school at the time. So the two of us worked together. We we did plays for 17 years. Oh, wow. Yeah, we did it a long time. I specifically remember, like, I can accredit all of my theater experience to you because you're the one who looked at me, I, I want to say in seventh grade, and you're like, hey, you're loud. You'd yeah. be great at theater. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly you a, what you said. You have like, a good voice. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, you have a good voice. So, and that's what actually, like, I have a theater degree myself do, now. Yeah, yeah. I, went, I went and got a bachelor's in fine arts, you know, yeah. in, in uh, Platteville. So yeah, that's, nice. all, that's all because of you, you know, and, well, and you work. Do you remember what the play was that we did? The, the first play I directed there was Charlotte's Web. Okay. And then Tied to the Track, no. I did some kind of not as good of plays in the beginning. Charlotte's Web was good, but some of the other ones were just not, they were kind of comedies. But then we eventually went into, um, they did a Broadway Junior. So we did like Fiddle on the Roof, 
We had Oklahoma, you know, several of those kind that are really gave the kids a great background in doing substantial theater, not just some of that silly stuff that you see middle schools doing sometime. I never wanted to really do that. But um, uh, Sing Hall for a Prince, was that the one you were in? No, I did uh, If the Shoe Fits. If the Shoe Fits. Yeah, it was a two, that was yeah, actually did the two, two short plays. That's right, we did. Um, I don't like remember the second one at all. On yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right, I remember that. Yeah, it was the first, first play I ever did. Yeah, that was, that was probably my second year, maybe. I need to sit down sometime and write out the ones that I that I did. Oh, I didn't yeah. even know that was the second year. Wow. Yeah, I think it was probably the second or third year. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so, so let's talk about, do you have any defining moments, like, in your career that, like, you remember, like, just something special that sticks out to you? Well, there were, there were many. Um, I, I was chosen to be the Iowa rep, teacher representative for the day at the House of Representatives in Des Moines. So I got to do that, and they introduced me to the legislature, and they all stood up and clapped. And Dan Quayle happened to be there that day, vice president. So our son Josiah, my husband, and I got to have our picture take Dan Quayle, because he was just up there. But um, there's another experience where a young man was adopted from Columbia. He was in his brother, and he was put in my class, not speaking any English, and my class just wrapped around him and we became friends with him immediately and that became one of the great teaching years of my life with, with Stephen and with that class who are graduating next year by the way. But then I was asked to be a graduation speaker 10 years ago for that class and that was probably one of the real highlights is being selected by that class. It was a great, great day. That's awesome. Yeah. So. Um, so now you you retired three years ago. Mm -hmm. What have you what have you been up to since? Well, we've done a lot of things. Um, we have seven grandchildren now, so we're we're able to go to the you know to their activities more. Um, we travel in the fall. Last last fall we went up to Cape Breton Island in Nova Scotia. We spent a week up there. Uh, you know, we've gone to Yellowstone in the fall, where it was beautiful in the Grand Tetons. Been able to do those things like read a lot of books. Go on a lot of bike rides. <laughs> yeah, I think that's where I've seen you most is out on your bike. <laughs> yeah, I love I love to go up to the library. Uh, I got to sub, I sub a little bit, so I enjoy going back to the schools. So pretty much, and hasn't retired now too, so we pretty much get to do what we want when we want to do it, which is, I wish everybody could have that. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about your retirement. How? Uh, was that a was that a struggle uh, coming up to that time, or did you were you realize that you were ready? Or it was uh, there's a lot of factors that went to it. Honestly, that um, some of the ways that I've been teaching and some of the subject matter that I was teaching, I thought worked really really well. And some of those curriculum things started to change, where individual teachers did not have a lot of leeway that you had to like in the reading curriculum. We were supposed to be saying the exact same lines that the other reading teachers were doing, asking the exact same questions on the exact same day. And I found that uh, a little constricting. So I, I had some problems with that. And um, that was probably the biggest thing when I was told that we were changing things. And I, I thought that they were 
but the way we've been doing it is, is really good, especially in social studies. And uh, so that, that led to the decision a little bit. And um, plus, you want to be young enough where you can still travel and do things when you're retired. And they offered a really good package, uh, retirement package. And so uh, where I was looking forward to it, I was also it was really sad. The last week I cried the whole week. The last day was really hard. But, but now I'm, I mean, I was satisfied with the decision. That's good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I talked to, um, I didn't realize, like, so I was talking to uh, Deb Montgomery last mm -hmm. night, and mm -hmm. I mentioned how I was going to be interviewing you today. Yeah. And her daughter stopped and goes, she was one of my favorite teachers ever. She goes, mm -hmm. I cried when she was done. Yeah. She goes, when I knew that she was done, I cried. I'm like, oh. Yeah. I, I, I know a little bit of me was like, oh, because, like, you know, you, you had a good impact. You always made class entertaining. Mm -hmm. Why don't we talk about that? Like, what kind of, like, so your approach for class every day, can you, mm -hmm. can you remember, like, what, what you, kind of what you wanted to, like, leave on the kids, like, how you wanted the day to go and stuff? Well, first of all, what you do is you, to me, you set up a classroom environment where every child knows that when they come in there, they're friends with everybody, you know, and you, you set a standard of behavior, and this is how, this is how our classroom is. We're, we're all friends, we, we support each other, so you, you might not all be best friends outside of this room, but in here, you're supportive. I say, I say that we're going to laugh out loud every single day, so they knew when they came in every day it was going to be fun. And I said, I will never, I will never give you busy work for the sake of work that I feel that everything we do in the day has value for you now and as you, as you grow up, so that's kind of the... So you have to set a standard first in the classroom, and that that's what you expect. And then with that, that there's no discipline problems. So then you have all that time to, to just learn for the sake of learning, you know, for the enjoyment of it. And you know, I, I really stress, especially in social studies, you know, the importance of you know, loving your country and, and knowing about the foundation of the country and the founding fathers. And I feel sometimes now that social studies is being kind of forced out because of reading and math and science. And I still feel social studies should be the core. Because if you don't know the nation where you came from and your kids don't know, you know, then how do they love the country and want to support it? So um, that distresses me to some extent. I wish we could you know, focus more on that. but. So that was my, yeah, I, I want them to have fun every day. I want them to have, learn things that they would remember for the rest of their life. Okay. So, do you have any advice for someone who's thinking about taking on a teaching career, um, especially maybe in social studies? That's a hard question because everybody teaches differently and everybody has different personalities. But I had a lot of parents over time that said they hated history when they were kids. And I said, well, that's because you just read out of a textbook. And a lot of times you find, I could find errors in textbooks all the time. And te textbooks take the humanity out of history. You know, it becomes just events that have no human consequences. So you have to teach it 
from the human perspective and what was it like for the individual human that went through this, whether it was you know, the early indigenous people that came, or what happened after Columbus came, and what happened when the white, you know, the Europeans came through and what they did to the American Indians. So you, you have to look at it from the perspective of, of an individual and what it was like for them and what it felt like for them. And I, I would say to the kids often, you know, if, if today you dropped a brick on your foot, it would hurt. If you dropped a brick on the foot of a pilgrim, it would hurt. If you lost a child today, it would hurt. If you lost a child at the time of the revolution, it would hurt. So, you know, or all, all those human emotions aren't, aren't any different. So if I were to talk to social studies teachers, that's what I would say. To teach it from the human perspective and not from just a matter of dates and, you know, that kind of thing. Awesome. Okay. Um, so now the next question might be a little bit difficult, so feel free to take as much time. Some people don't find it difficult, some people do. Mm -hmm. But um, what impact do you feel you've made on the community, or at least the students you've had? So yesterday I went out to Walmart in the morning because it was our son, our grandson's first birthday, and my son wanted me to pick up some birthday hats. <laughs> So I'm, I'm, I'm get, I just checked through and I'm kind of going out and I, I think I hear Mrs. Brand, but I, I'm not sure. So then I hear Mrs. Brand. And I turn around and here's Alicia Briggs, who I think, yeah, she just finished her, I think she just finished her freshman year. And she came up to me and just gave me the biggest hug. You know, here's this lovely girl who I had, you know, like four years ago, who sees me from the back at Walmart and wants to make a point in coming up and giving me a hug like that in the middle of a Sunday morning. So, and I could, you know, ultimately that to me is, you know, that is a great reward because I have students that I had a long, long time ago that will see me in public. And, um, or I'll, I'll hear where the, oh, Mrs. Brandt, I talked to so-and-so and they said you are one of the, your favorite teachers. And so, the fact that they remember you, I mean, you remember your, I remember my elementary school teachers and the impact, so, you know, I think that's a, what more can you do than that? Yeah, I want to say, like, um, some teachers, you know, you cut, you remember their faces, mm -hmm. and, like, for you, I remember... You know, like, there's the moments I remember you, like, you know, hey, you're loud. You'd be good at theater. <laughs> yes. You need a loud voice. One sentence. Yeah, and then you say, but you also, like, you know, just the, the you know, like, when you talk about, like, your, your, uh, your, your strategy on teaching your perspective, it almost brought me back to the classroom a little really? bit. You know, just I just yeah. remember this feeling of joy like mm -hmm. coming to your class. Yeah. You know, because you're gonna learn and you would I mean I almost feel like you transported people really like kids and stuff, you know, to learn more and stuff. Whereas some teachers they were like one plus one is two. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, and that's But know, then again on the other side of that, you know, as a theater person I'm a storyteller. And so people would say, oh, you're a good teacher. And I would say, no, I'm a good storyteller. Because, you know, really, history is, it's stories. Except I would say, you know, not only are stories, but they're true. You can't make up. You couldn't write a better story than America's story at the beginning and how that all happened. So you really, 
So I got to be a storyteller every day. You know, kids love stories. So there you go. You know, it's a lot easier to remember a story than a series of facts. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay, and then uh, the final question. This is the this is the big one, uh, and you, it, you can kind of kind of take a look at it from like when you came here and stuff. But what is it that you love about Grinnell? Well, when you look at the park that we're in right now, and it's just it's just beautiful. Look at all the people. You know, if you could fan the camera around, you know, people are sitting here having lunch. There's kids over playing on the playground. There's kids in the water. We went to the band concert the other night. No, it's just a, it's a beautiful, peaceful place when our families come. Like my dad, and he comes in, you, you like live in heaven down there. You know, it almost doesn't exist. People wouldn't believe this existed. You know, I'm with the college here and all that offers people. And it's just a, it's a lovely, lovely place to live and to raise your children. Our children say we can never move because they always want to come back and go to Dairy Barn. <laughs> In the summertime. Yeah, it's just, I, I feel like our life path brought us here, and we were just, you know, just so fortunate. Hey guys, if you enjoyed listening to this interview, please hit us up at Facebook and Twitter and hit follow. Also, if you want to donate to the project, you can go to patreon.com slash facesofgrinnell and follow us there. You can donate up to $5 and be able to see the video interviews three days before everyone else. Also, if you want to be able to see the video interviews, hit us up at youtube.com and follow us there. Hit subscribe, hit that bell icon so you know when the interviews are live right away. Thanks guys.